my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how three 20-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But my absolutely favorite part, and this says a lot about me, <laughs> is when you're sitting at that light and you push that pedal, the light turns green. <laughs> it is gone. Yes. Like, it is absolutely fantastic. Yes. Yes. And, and it's like, that feeling is great. And then, and then you get that, like, not only the vehicle's just gone, you're not waiting to accelerate. You don't have to worry about it but it's silent, mm -hmm. it's quiet. Now, why do I love that? Because I love music, mm. right? Like, I don't wanna have to turn up my music just because I'm on the highway. Yeah. I'm Will Lucas and this is Black Tech Green Money. Selva Magruder is the Chief Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Officer at General Motors and has spent more than 28 years at the company having started as an engineer. 
Today, she's focused on weaving DEI into the very fabric of the company, working in partnership with internal and external leaders to champion the broad and diverse workforce they have. On this episode, recorded at 2022's Afrotech Conference in Austin, Texas, Telva speaks with Blavity's co-founder and COO, Jeff Nelson, about corporate commitment to DEI, electric vehicles, and why Black people should care about the future EV. I'm really excited about this. We are talking about electric cars and why Black people should care. That's right. Right? And, and, and uh, Telva, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, how are you? I'm great. I am. I can't even say how happy I am to be here with all of you in Austin, but more specifically here at Afrotech. I, that, that's wonderful. And so I want to dive right into it. Yeah. So you are the Chief Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Officer at General Motors. Yeah. OK, now that's my day job. That's your day job, right? GM is a car company. So I'm curious. We're going to talk about why black people should care about electric vehicles. But first, let's talk about why GM cares about diversity, right? Why is that important to a, to a car company like GM? Yeah, it's critically important to GM for a whole lot of reasons. But I'll, I'll say, you know, most fundamentally, because we care about the future. Mm. We care about the future. And there is no real substantial future that engages the public if it doesn't include diverse groups. And, and we recognize that, not just because we're trying to sell to customers, but we're working to create a, a future that's more sustainable, a future where people have more access to the things that they need. And in order for us to do that well, we need to have diverse team members that can help us think about it. We need to be engaged in communities that are extremely diverse so they can help us think about how to do this well. You know, how do we create a more sustainable future where people matter and we're helping them have better outcomes? And so that's that's what we care about. That's so important. And I, and I think we should just give GM a round of applause for taking that stance because not enough companies uh, may talk about it, but they don't necessarily put the action into it. Right. And GM has shown their commitment by hiring you, bringing you here to Afrotech. Uh, so we're excited about that. And, you know, what you've touched on is something that is important to why we do Afrotech. What we find is that often black people are creators, but not owners. Oh, yeah. Right. And so as we think about these new industries that are being created, these new verticals that are emerging, it's important for black people to be there at the forefront so that we can be creators and owners going forward. So you talked about why this is important to GM. How does your work on a day to day basis contribute to that vision of why GM wants to have diverse people uh, and an inclusive workforce. What are you doing on a day-to-day basis to contribute to that? Yeah, so my days are busy. I bet. <laughs> but there's a lot going on. You know, we aspire to be what we say the most inclusive company in the world. Now, we don't want to be alone. We want other companies to truly be on this mission as well. Um, but what we're really doing, first and foremost, is we're, is we're focusing on us, who we are, what our intent is, how we're living every single day. And so I help our team at GM literally practice inclusion. And we coach our team members on inclusion. And and I support my team as they're doing that. And I build partnerships with leaders across the company so that we can have really cogent conversations about, you know, are we including the ideas of our diverse team members? And how are we doing it? Mm -hmm. And how can we get better at it? 
because it's not good enough for me and my role to to just have people there. Representation is is price of entry. It's yeah. baseline. But that's not what it's about, really. What right. it's about is having those ideas heard, you know, allowing our diverse community to innovate together and not only that, expecting it. Mm -hmm. So I spend a lot of time on, you know, hey, you as leaders, you know, in my role, I'm focused on the leadership team. And how do you create environments where we're expecting people to innovate together and we're expecting people to collaborate together and where we realize when we may have great ideas being left on the table because we're not being as inclusive as mm. we could be, mm. you know, that's really it. And then helping them understand, you know, we are a business. And so and, and I believe in this business that we're in. Yeah. And we need to kill it, right? Absolutely. We need to kill it. And so what does that mean? That means that we have to rise to the occasion of hearing things that maybe we haven't heard before. Mm -hmm. And we have to let those voices come through. Absolutely. Right? So I spent a lot of time with helping leaders understand how to connect diversity, equity, and inclusion work that we're doing to great business outcomes. I love that. And it is so important that you say that. And I, I hope all companies, and, and not even companies, but, but uh, those that work at companies, even if you're not an, an official at the company, if you're an employee, that's so important. Diversity, equity, and, and inclusion isn't charity. No. Right? It's not. <laughs> it's not just a, right. it's, it's not uh, corporate philanthropy. No. It is essential to being a successful business. Yes. If you're not doing it, mm -hmm. you're not going to be successful, as successful as you could be. You know, and a lot of times I remember, you know, when, you know, May of 2020 hit and I actually came into my role soon after that. Mm -hmm. But I've been working on diversity and inclusion for years yeah. from where I was in the business. And when when we started, you know, having a different kind of conversation, people said, well, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? What are we doing wrong? Mm. Well, I could entertain that question and, and talk about that. But it's really about what opportunity are we missing? Yes. That's really what it's about. And people don't realize it's hard to see what's not there. Right. Right. You know, and so as we work on diversity, equity, and inclusion, what we're doing is we're creating a future that is, you know, more substantial mm -hmm. for the people in the company and for the communities outside of the company than it otherwise would have been. Absolutely. And, and, and so when we think about what GM is trying to do with electric vehicles, uh, there are many reasons for consumers to think about electric cars, uh, but one at the top of the list is the environment, right? The, the environment is uh, in dire straits, and it's a precious resource, and it's limited. Uh, but as we think about Black people, right, and, and I say this as we have just had an election that we're, we're still, you know, waiting to, to figure out exactly what the meaning of it is, but uh, throughout history, and unfortunately, uh, Throughout the last few years, uh, it, it seems like it's been more pronounced than ever. But black people are are sort of always wondering what does the future hold for us, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of issues: voting rights, economic equality, social justice, that are probably at the top of black people's minds when they think about well, the future, what we're worried about what the government should be doing, what companies should be focused on. So can you talk about why black people should care about the environment? Why is that an important issue for black people to take seriously and to really think about how they can contribute and make positive change? There are a lot of reasons, mm. but I'll start with one of the things you didn't mention in your list, which is health. Yes. Okay. Health, our health 
our longevity, our ability to raise children that are in an environment that is more positive for them than the ones we were raised in, particularly where we tend to live, right? We know that our communities and other socioeconomically disadvantaged communities are the ones that are most disadvantaged when it comes to the state of climate and the state of the environment. Like there's, there's no way that we can deny that. And at GM, we're, we're working toward this vision of zero, zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And that center one, zero emissions, is one that is tied to the health of people. And so when you look at the black community, you know, we have a long way to go. We know that our social determinants are not leading us towards having healthier lives. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you focus on the environment, when you focus on climate, it takes one of those social determinants of health and it moves us, moves it into our favor, mm -hmm. okay? So it's, it's, it's really critically important for our community for that reason. Yes, absolutely. Um, I could list many more, but it's well, a big one. Well, I think what you're saying is resonant. I mean, I, I heard people, you know, we're going to church now. People, That's right. people you know, That's you're, right. You're, 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 you're really ministering to, I think, what we need to hear, right? The environment and thinking about electric vehicles in many ways, yes, it's an economic issue, but it's also a health issue. It is. It's, it's about our lives. It is. Right? It and, is about our lives. And, and, you know, as we said earlier, as the world is changing, as the world is shifting, for too long, Black people, women, other marginalized groups have been afterthoughts. And so it's important, and, and again, I applaud GM and I applaud you for the work that you do, for making sure that we're in the conversation early. That, that's, that, that is important. And, and so GM is clearly up to the task of doing the work that's necessary to produce products and vehicles that are going to move us to the kind of future that's going to prolong the environment, that is going to allow Black people to live healthier lives. Um, and, and, I, and, and just looking at some of the numbers, right, the Biden administration has pledged to reduce U.S. greenhouse gas emissions by at least 50 percent by 2030. Now, I don't know if you all are like me, but sometimes you hear 2030 and you think, oh, that is a long way away. But you're like, oh, it's 2022. That's like next yeah, week, that's right? Tomorrow. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> tomorrow. Um, and then the goal further is to get to net zero emissions by 2050, which you, you've already spoken about how GM is focused on that. So GM is clearly up to the task, but you can make the vehicles. And I think, you know, your previous answer sort of made this case, but would love for you to, to, to underscore it a bit more. How do you get people to buy them, especially yeah. when electric vehicles are on average more expensive? So if we've got black people in particular who are already economically disadvantaged, we've got a re re recession, either we're in it or it's on the horizon. How do you get people to say, OK, I get what you're saying about health outcomes. I get what you're saying about the environment, but I can't afford it. Yeah. How do, how do we think about that? And, and how is GM thinking about that? My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. 
And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of things. It's like, even if I can't afford it, why should I spend my money on that? Yes. If we're keeping it real, you know, there are a lot of things we can choose to spend our money on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a pretty complex puzzle. Um, but when you think about our community, one of the things that we're absolutely focused on for all communities that, once again, positively impacts the black community is creating products that are available at all different price points. Mm. Okay. So we've had some electric vehicles out 
um, for years. Most, you know, most recently you might think about the Chevy Bolt and things like that, and they're smaller vehicles, and you look at that size versus that price, and you say, no, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not really interested in that, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm just, you know, keeping it real. We have to increase those product offerings, and so we're doing that. So we started on a, on a more expensive front because we had to allow the technology to improve, and this is Afrotech. We understand that over time, as you develop and innovate on technology, the cost of that technology comes down. And so that's what we've been doing. So we started with, you know, some more um, expensive vehicle sets, but we just announced um, a couple months ago that we're going to have the Chevy Blazer coming out. Mm. It's going to be at a price point electric Blazer because the Blazer's already out there. They're fantastic. Um, but that's going to be a thirty thousand. I'm sorry, Chevy Equinox is going to be a thirty thousand dollar price point, right? Chevy Blazer is going to be slightly more around thirty six. Mm -hmm. But now you have a vehicle that's going to be sized for a family that's that's going to allow you to get around that's going to be at a price point that's that's very reasonable mm -hmm. and so that's one thing we do but then there are other things we have to consider you know you have the vehicle how are you going to charge it and for our community um you know who often lives in urban centers right not often in suburbs you got things to think about right okay we got how many people in this apartment building and how many charging stations you know this is this is a big deal and, um, and so we're, we're innovating in that area in a lot of different ways, and we're partnering with, the, with several different organizations, both for-profit and non-profit, and particularly non-profits that are focused on the black community and for other underrepresented communities. We actually created, um, we actually have um, an equitable climate action framework that we put together that's underpinned by a $50 million, um, a $50 million fund, equitable climate fund, where we're partnering with um, organizations in the black community that can help us think through how do you do this well, yeah. right? You know, we, we know a lot, like technically, like you said, we are up to the task to getting these vehicles out. We're up to the task to creating charging infrastructure that makes sense with different levels of charging and all of that. But the real question is, what do people really need that are in the city that wanna own an electric vehicle? And how do we deliver it in a way that they'll understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and it's gonna work for them? And we can't get all those answers by ourselves. That's, that is a gem. That is, that is truly a gem that you just dropped. Yeah, please, 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 please clap for that. Because what you're talking about is the total experience of ownership. That's exactly right. Right, and you know, if companies just look at it as, well, let's make them affordable, well, your, you know, the MSRP, the, the price point can be affordable, but if people can't live with it, if they can't charge it, if they can't sustain the ownership of the vehicle. And that only comes when you've got diverse voices in the room, when, they, when, right. when we've got the Telvas at the right. table to, to sort of think about that and make sure that all the leadership is aligned to building that stuff into the product experience up front. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of what we have to do with that and part, some of the partnerships we're forming is we have to educate our community to really understand what's going on mm -hmm. around them, right? Because there's only so much you can get off of Twitter and different you know, platforms. You only get so much. Um, but to truly understand what's going on and what are the things we need to think about so we know what to raise our voice in yeah. is really important. So educating the black community is critically important. And the other thing that we're committed to is getting more people educated in the environment and climate in you know, this future of electric vehicles so that they can be participating in policy tables, mm -hmm. right, in, in local government 
forums and things like that with the knowledge and the expertise so that that diverse voice at the table is actually affecting change. It's going to be to benefit of diverse communities and particularly the black community. Yeah. You know, I was pretty shocked. I, I, um, I started working in sustainability space several years ago before I moved into my current role. And, you know, I'd spent, a, you know, several years at GM as, as an engineer, very few women. So I moved into sustainability area. There are a lot more women, but there were no black people. Mm. <laughs> okay. Not surprising, right? <laughs> right. And, and so you think about that and you think about the change that's going on in the world and how the world is more focused on sustainability. You think about Paris Accord, 2%, 1% now. Mm -hmm. And we need to have enough people in the room that are looking at environmental justice and how do we create equitable yeah. futures for the community. And so we're also committed to that. So by show of hands, how many people in the audience use an electric vehicle? Raise your hand. I'm, I'm just curious. So we got a few hands up, but as you can see, there's a huge opportunity to get more people oh, yeah. to, 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 get, to get on the bandwagon, so to speak, about oh, yeah. where the future is headed. Uh, I want you to, to put on your uh, marketing sales hat okay. real quick, right? So we okay. talked about how the environment is important and how electric vehicles uh, contribute to, you know, reducing the effects of climate change. But what are some other reasons that you would tell people to think about as they are considering purchasing an electric vehicle? What are some of your favorite features oh, in electric vehicles? Because I, I love them. I, I switched over and, you know, I'm a, I'm a convert and I will evangelize it. But I am curious... What are your thoughts? Like, what are some of your favorite features and your experience with EVs? Yeah, they are fantastic. So if you first just think about, you know, I don't know how many of you have, have, have bought a car recently or have family members buy a car recently, but the technology inside the vehicle from a software perspective, from an integration perspective, has, is, is growing by leaps and bounds all the time. And that is on steroids in an electric vehicle. It, it's, it's just fantastic. You know, you know, what you want is at your fingertips. It's much more user-friendly, user-intuitive. It needs to be, but it makes the experience really special. So you get in your car and it, and it feels different. Mm -hmm. But my absolutely favorite part, and this says a lot about me, <laughs> is when you're sitting at that light and you push that pedal, when the Ooh. light turns green, <laughs> it is gone. Yes. Like, it is absolutely fantastic yes, yes. and and it's like that feeling is great and then and then you get that like not only the vehicle's just gone you're not waiting to accelerate you don't have to worry about it but it's silent mm -hmm. it's quiet now why do i love that because i love music mm. right like i don't want to have to turn up my music just because i'm on the highway yeah. you know i don't i don't I, and so like that experience, the sound system experience, um, along with just the pure dependability yeah. of that, of that drive of that, of that electric vehicle. It's just, it's fun. I agree. I'm someone that typically doesn't like driving, but in an, in an electric vehicle, I'm like, let me just take a random road trip right. just for the experience. Right. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That, that's real. That's real. So it's just fun. if you all aren't convinced by, by what it does for the environment, if you like cars, if you like driving, I guarantee you an electric yeah. vehicle will be a much better experience. It is. You get to enjoy that drive more. You know how you lean back and I'm from yes. Dayton, Ohio, so I lean so you back. The okay. <laughs> Keep it real. Keep it right? real. And, and, but it, you can just enjoy it more. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's fantastic. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready that, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? 
Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier, which is, you know, what we talked about, the total experience of ownership and how, you know, GM is working with public and private entities to think about how we can do, you know, do more to build in more charging stations and urban epicenters and among other things. I want to talk about the role of the government, right? The, the federal government in addition to state and local government. So um, in this past Congress or, or this current Congress, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, Jobs Act was passed, which allocates a lot of federal dollars to do a lot of needed infrastructure improvements. And some of those are specifically allocated for the environment. From your perspective and the perspective of GM, is that enough? Or does more need to be done at the level of the federal government, but also state and local governments? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm really glad you asked that question, particularly about the state and local governments. Yeah. Um, in order for this to work well, right, and I'm not going to pretend GM is the only company on this journey, right? The whole industry is on this journey. Um, and therefore, communities are on this journey. Yeah. Um, in order for this to work well, we need really strong intent from a local level, from a state level, and from a federal level. So current administration, current Congress has given a great kickstart mm-hmm. to the work that needs to be done. Seven and a half billion dollars on charging infrastructure, that is more than a little bit, yeah. okay? But it's going to take more than that. And so we need Congress um, to continue to look at how are we growing in this transition to electric vehicles and what more can they do? And not only that, you know, and, and we, we work very well um, at the federal level with many different agencies, with, with, the, um, with the EPA, with the DOE, et cetera, et cetera, um, who, are, who are supporting, uh, who can give more support now through mm-hmm. acts like um, the Infrastructure Act, as well as um, the tax credits that we have recently. But, but we need those organizations to work well together, you know? Um, so just like at companies, companies deal with silos. You have a little bit of that at the government level. And so we need them to work well together as they, you know, work on, you know, their ideation of what the future looks like. Okay. So that's important at the federal level, um, as well as, you know, looking at, at potentially more, um, legislation in the future. But then when you look at it from a local and state level, states particularly can be extremely influential in this direction. And states have to decide, you know, what kind of state do they want to be? Yeah. Okay? And what kind of environment do they want to create for the citizens of that state? And so, you know, states that, you know, really think hard about this, you know, we know the state of California is is way in and, you know, typically what goes on in California will tend to spread uh, to other states in the nation. Um, and, and California has put a lot of deep thought in this for a long time. And so we need other states to continue to grow their skill and their awareness and their ability. And so we work with them mm-hmm. at the state level to understand what their priorities are. How does that merge with what we need to have happen to take care of people in the community as we deploy electric vehicles? You know, how do we take state priorities and stack them yeah. so that you know, they're going to be aligned with um, a more sustainable future, but still states need to manage their budgets and things like that. But states need to, you know, really jump in and figure out, okay, how do we want to form our mark on the future of the 
of electric vehicles and therefore on the future of people. And then from a local perspective, the role that a local government can play is really helping states understand um, what's most important for those constituents. Mm -hmm. Like they have to help states think. And, um, and that's why we partner many times with local organizations because those local organizations are tied into the local government. And as we educate people, and as we create technical solutions with smaller um, for-profit and non-profit, mm -hmm. you know, local organizations, states get informed and can make better decisions right. about the community. So it's, it's multi-tiered, but everyone has more work to do here, mm -hmm. right? That includes companies and it includes governments, and it includes community organizations. I really just want everybody to give that a round of applause because that was a masterclass. <laughs> I, I, really, I, I honestly believe that this talk needs to be required viewing for every elected official <laughs> at every level of government because you clearly just broke down how we need to be thinking as a, as a nation, but also as we go state, local, about this problem. And you bring so much passion and energy to this, and, and, and not only to this issue, but to the cause of, of what GM is committed to and hiring a diverse workforce and, and building uh, great cars, yeah. right? So I, I wanna kind of wrap things up by talking about your professional journey. So you've been at GM for over 28 years. A little right? while. Just, little, a little, just a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and you started out as an engineer. So I, I'm curious, and this is really a personal question for me because I started off in engineering and now being C-level in the company. I'm curious, do you miss the day-to-day -day work of being an engineer, sort of having your hands in the mix and getting your hands dirty and, and building? Yes, mm. a lot. Do, do you try to meddle a little bit or do it? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, okay. I so do. I don't so feel I, bad then. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's really funny, you know, and some people know this, but most people don't. So I get to visit facilities all over the country and all over the world. Um, and I'm an electrical engineer, I, you know, a lot of, you know, robot programming, coding, you know, machine equipment, design, build, installation, improvement, you know, that kind of stuff. Really, you know, fast moving, problem solving constantly, you know, because most of my work was in manufacturing and manufacturing engineering. And I love being dirty. Yeah. Right. And um, but more importantly, I just love fixing things. And so I just love fixing things and solving problems and like working with a group when people are like, oh, here we go again. Right. And then solving that problem that, that you've been seeing over and over again for the last several years, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, nailed yes, that. Absolutely. Right. It's such a great feeling. And so there will be many times, I'll, you know, I'll call a plant and I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm going to come, you know, visit you all. We're going to talk a little bit about D&I. How can I support you? And then I just want to go walk the floor. I love that. And then they'll say, well, tell me, we'll do a tour. I'm like, I don't want a tour. I want to just, <laughs> like, y'all don't have to do any preparation. I just want to go walk the floor, talk to people, see how it's going. See the real deal. Right. And then on a good day, somebody will say, you know, I'll say, how's it going? What's the biggest problem you're working with? And they'll say, oh, we've been doing this, this, and this. And then I get to just go back and forth with them. Oh, well, Did you yes. think about this? Did you think about that? You know, and then, you know, and, Man, no, that's the fix I need. This sounds like the perfect job. I mean, yeah. to, to be able yeah. to work on DE and I, but then yeah. also, you yeah. know, go in and, and get in the weeds sometimes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Or when I'm, you know, talking to the IT team, and I love it when they call and they're working on biasing artificial intelligence, mm. right? And how do we make sure 
that in all the software development we're doing, we don't have bias in that. Yeah. Oh, I love that conversation, right? And I particularly love it when some people on the phone don't know that I'm a techie, <laughs> right? And then, yes. <laughs> and then I start diving into the conversation. And you, ca you catch them off guard. And and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know a little something, right? <laughs> I thought you were just a DE&I person. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. So um, let's, yeah, let's clap for that. I love that. So YGM, right? So um, you, you've been there now almost 30 years, but yeah. why did you decide to go there in the first place? Oh, wow. That's a great question. And, and, and the question I usually get asked is, why am I still there? <laughs> um, but I, I, I went in the first place. I was only planning on being at GM for three years. Hmm. Wow. 28 to love. Overstage or welcome. Three. Huh? Right. <laughs> so I, was, I, I went there because um, I had this plan. I was going to be designing devices um, to implant in people to help with paralysis, mm -hmm. right? Or hearing deficit. And I had an undergrad, I majored in electrical engineering for my bachelor's and my master's. And in both, I did um, my minor was in biomedical engineering. So I had all this research, great research based experience. But I was like, well, if I'm going to de design devices to go in people's bodies, I need to know how controls really work mm -hmm. in real life. You know, yeah. because fundamentally, you know, when you're dealing with tissue, it's not any different than when you're dealing with a cable other than the levels of energy. Yeah. Right. So I decided to go to work for that. And, and I came to GM as my second job because I could get really, really great controls experience. Mm. Right. You know, programmable logic controllers and all different kinds of, um, you know, fluid dynamics and things like that, like in real life, because I didn't have as much maker experience when I was in undergrad and masters. So that's why I came. I figured I'd be able to get that in a few years and I'd move on. They, but I stayed for other reasons. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just endless opportunity to do different things. I've never been in a role. I mean, I've had very few roles that I've been in for more than a few years, yeah. you know, and so, you know, solving different kinds of problems in different parts of the business has just always kind of kept me going and, you know, kept me lit. I love it. I love <laughs> it. And, and, yeah. so, and so we're, we're here at Afrotech. There are so many people here who are looking to connect with companies to get a job or to make a career pivot into tech. So can you leave us with uh, some advice on, what can this generation that typically doesn't stay at a company for for right. for thir you know twenty eight years they they're really like I'm going to be there for three months and right, 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 right. But what can this generation do to stand out to a company like GM? How can you know we think about this generation think about how to position themselves to get these jobs that are going to impact the future? Yeah, I think you know it's interesting, particularly when you talk to tech people. You know, it's one thing if you talk to a person that considers himself a business person. Okay, so a business person is, is kind of thinking about the whole business and all the different levers that you push and pull to make a business work, make a business profitable, make a business, make people happy, whatever. And then, and then tech people, are, um, and business people are on a spectrum too, but tech people are on a big spectrum. Yeah. And many tech people are really focused on a particular type of tech, right? And they want to drill into that and they want to be amazing at that, which there's nothing wrong with that. But what I encourage all tech people to do is to lift your head up and get to know the business. Mm -hmm. and, and no matter where you show up, you need to bloom where you're planted. 
you, you know, you show up in whatever job and whatever location, blooming doesn't just mean solving that technical problem. You know, the way I've been successful is by understanding why is this a problem I even need to solve in the first place? Why hasn't the problem been solved in the past? Yeah. Has it been lack of investment? Has it been the way, you know, lack of belief in people? Has it, has it been, you know, we fixed it, but that wasn't really the fix? You know, has it been decisions made by leadership teams that marginalize your ability to actually solve the problem? Like, like why are we here in this moment? And when you, when you dig into that, you know, even if you're in an innovative space, you know, why is it that we're not able to have the breakthroughs that we're looking for? Often you have to look at the whole context. And tech people that look at the whole context and build relationships that help them understand the business are the most valuable because there's always give and take. You don't always get what you want, you know, but you have to understand if you're not getting what you think is best, why is that? And then who do I need to partner with to either go in a different direction, right? Or yes and what's going on? You know, I think it's so critical that you do that regardless of where you are, you know? So don't be completely heads down, you know, be aware and, and, and make your technical decisions with, with as much of the bigger picture in mind as you can. Tobit, thank you so much. I, I yes. I enjoyed this conversation. I feel like this entire conversation was just a bunch of mic drops. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you all for being here in attendance and uh, hope you all learned as much as I did. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech. Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia is produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Sarah Ergen and Rose McLucas. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Vanessa Serrano. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Get your money. Peace and love. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how three 20-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest love the connection to people. I think at the core, 
what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.